all of you this morning. Hey, I, I want to say this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from Shay and I. Thank you for your prayers over the months that led us to being here at VVCC. We can't thank you enough. Thank you for your reception of us. We felt so loved and welcomed. It's so great to be here. And it's been amazing to hear about the story of VVCC, what God's been writing over the years. And we're now just so thrilled to get to play a part of that story. So again, thank you. So we've been here now for six weeks, something like that. And I love to explore and learn about wherever I'm at. I love to explore. And it's been great to get to know the Verde Valley. So it's great to know where I am. Okay, I know what street I'm on. I know how to get to my house. I know where Walmart is. That's super important, right? I know now that there's a slag across the street that they blow up every once in a while and it's okay. That happened to me in the office the other day and it was a little bit scary, but I, I'm, I got my bearings. I know there's this place called Dead Horse Ranch. I still get Dead Horse National Park or whatever it's called now, Dead Horse. I get a kick out of that name. Like who came up with that? I've learned that my favorite place to eat is Verde Lee and get a burrito there. Yes, it's amazing, right? Oh wow, we're gonna applaud that, that's great. <laughs> but I've gotten a feel for the area. I've gotten a hang of, of how to pronounce things. It's not Verde, it's Verdi, which a wise person told me rhymes with birdie. Okay, so I remember that. It's not, not Yav, Yavapi or something county, it's Yavapai county, and somebody told me it rhymes with have a pie, so it gets me really hungry, and Prescott, it's not Prescott, it's Prescott, and it rhymes with brisket. Right? So every time I pronounce names, I get, start getting a little bit hungry. But I've gotten a feel for this area. Right? I've gotten used to it. I've gotten to explore. And I love exploring and learning about the area that I'm in. Well, that quality has gotten me in trouble sometimes. It's gotten me in some interesting situations. And so I want to share with you a time where this interesting scenario happened as I explored the area I was in. So I had just moved to Chicago and was going to school out there. And I'm wandering down the street... And I turn down a certain street, and things feel a little bit different, a little bit strange, a little bit off. And I see people standing around with, like, walkie-talkies. It feels like something really important is about to happen. And then I see something that definitely makes me know that something interesting is about to happen. I see a police car with the initials GCPD on it. That stood for Gotham City Police Department. I had stumbled onto the set of Batman somehow, the Dark Knight. And then, as I'm still trying to take this all in, I see something that I will never forget. I see the Lamborghini that Bruce Wayne drives in Batman speeding down the road with a camera on its hood, and I am freaking out. That thing was going like 100 miles an hour in my mind. Okay, speeding down the street, it zooms by, and my jaw just drops. And a woman comes up to me, and she goes, Sir, you can't be here. You have to keep walking, which keeps me, and I can't be here. Maybe I'm getting filmed. And so I walk away, and I go, and I think to myself, Maybe, just maybe, I was in Batman. <laughs> maybe, just maybe, you've seen me in Batman. <laughs> but here's the deal. When it comes to being a part of the family of God, being a follower of Jesus, we get to be a part of this incredible, amazing story. We get to play a small part 
in this greater, more incredible story, greater than any movie, greater than Batman, we get to be a part of God's story. And when we say, I am a servant, when we serve, we are saying, I am stepping into a story bigger than myself. But if I were to be honest with you, all too often, I want to say in my own story, where it's all about me, my needs, my desires, and my selfishness. And I think to myself, maybe, maybe you've thought this too, what's, what's so great about serving, really? I don't have the time for it, I don't have the energy for it, I get too much going on. What's, what's so great about serving? But when we step into God's story, we see that serving is so great, so incredible, so amazing. It's living out who we are as servants. And so this morning, we're going to look at this question. What is so great about serving? And we're going to look at Matthew chapter 20 together and discover what really is so great about serving. But before we start reading that text, our main point for today, our overarching theme is this. As servants, we get to be a part of a story greater than ourselves. What's so great about serving? We're going to have three responses to that in Matthew chapter 20, and then a little bonus answer later on too. But what is so great about serving? Before we dive into our text, would you pray with me? Lord God, we love you. We thank you for this time. Lord, we've gotten to worship you through song, and it's just been amazing. We've gotten to worship you through communion, and now we get to continue to worship you through looking at your word. And Lord, would you lead us? Would you guide us? Would you meet with us? God, continue that this morning. Lord, help us to be servants to step into your story. We devote this time to you, and we praise in your name, Jesus. Amen. So Matthew chapter 20, a little bit of background on this chapter. So Jesus is on his own death march to Jerusalem. He has come, right? He took on flesh and dwelled among us. He has come, lived this amazing, perfect life doing miracles along the way with these incredible, just paradigm-shattering teachings, like the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7. And now he is on his way to Jerusalem to die on the cross for you and I. And on his way, on his journey, he pulls the disciples aside, his 12 closest friends. He pulls them aside and he says, hey guys, guess what? I am going to be delivered over to the Jewish leaders and they're going to hand me over to the Romans, and they're going to flog me. They're going to mock me. They're going to beat me. They're going to crucify me. But that's not the end of the story. I'm going to raise from the dead on the third day. He shares this incredible, amazing, packed truth. And how do you think his disciples respond, these 12 men who have been journeying with Jesus? Well, they respond in an interesting way and frankly, a downright selfish way. And yet it's easy for us to look on the outside, looking in and say, how dare they respond this way? But when we put ourselves in the sandals of the disciples, we see ourselves going, "Mm, I see how I could do that too. I see how I try to live in my own story. And so Jesus pulls aside the disciples, he shares with them, and then right afterwards, James and John's mom comes up to Jesus 
and says, Jesus, would you let my boys, which I think is hilarious because he's two burly fishermen. They can't ask. Mom has to. Let my boys sit at your left and your right in the kingdom of God. Give them the best spot possible. Give them power and prestige. And Jesus says, you have no idea what you are asking. And he flips the whole question around. It's not about power and prestige. It's about suffering and serving. And then Jesus walks back with the disciples and James and John, after their mommy asked Jesus for the special request, they walk back to the rest of the disciples. And we get to our text today in Matthew chapter 20, starting in verse 24. When the 10 heard about this, about this whole conversation, they were indignant with the two brothers. They were so upset because they hadn't thought about it themselves, right? They're trying to jockey for position and get to the power and the prestige. And so they were indignant. But Jesus called them together, verse 25, and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. The disciples knew all too well about Rome who had came and invaded and there was these power structures and authority structures and there was a chasm between the rulers of Rome and those lowly Jews who were there originally. Rome had invaded and now there was a chasm in the leadership and Jesus says, not so with you. This is not how it works. And he says the same thing to us today. Maybe you're in a position of authority in work. Maybe you're in a position of authority just in, in life in general. And Jesus says, it's not this, it's this. And really, it's more like this because you are meant to serve, not so with you. And Jesus goes on to say, verse 26 continues, instead, whoever wants to become, what's that next word? great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. So Jesus flips everything on its head. You want to be great? You want to be first? No longer is there this chasm, but you are to serve them. He uses some really intense language. He says, hey, you want to be great? You serve. You want to be first? Be a slave. Give up your freedom for others. Be inconvenienced for others. Serve one another. Step into God's story. Verse 28, Jesus goes on to say, just as, that's really important, just as a good leader Never ask those that follow them to do something that they wouldn't do. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus uses the, his, one of his favorite titles, the Son of Man. This comes up 18 times in the book of Matthew, and it's simultaneously underscoring his humility, underscoring his humanity, and underscoring his divinity. The Son of Man, God himself. If anybody had a reason to be served, it was God. The Son of Man, though, did not come to be served, but to do what? To serve. 
and to give his life as a ransom for many. You put yourself in the sandals of the disciples and they're like, whoa, hold on, we're going to Jerusalem, Jesus, so we can conquer the Romans, so we can start our kingdom. We want to rule and reign. And Jesus says, no, I have come to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. This idea of ransom, we actually saying, we use this word ransom. He has ransomed us through his blood. This idea of ransom is buying us. He has bought your freedom and my freedom. We owed a debt that we could never begin to pay back. If you owe the IRS a billion dollars, I hope you don't. That'd be hard. And all of a sudden, some, somebody, you didn't earn it, you didn't deserve it, they decide to pay your billion dollars. How would you feel? Pretty great, right? <laughs> Times that by a trillion, billion, a million, and we get a glimpse into how Jesus has ransomed us. He has paid a debt that you and I could never pay back. Everything that you have ever done, every sin you have ever done, every sin you will do, he paid for that. There's so much packed into that word ransom. Isn't that beautiful? This is the gospel message, the good news to give his life as a ransom for many. So what's so great about serving? What's so great about serving? Number one, serving gives us purpose. God has given you and I a mission to be a part of. Serving gives us purpose. There's this guy in the 1940s, maybe you've heard of him, Viktor Frankl. He was a therapist, therapist and psychologist, and he was living in Austria, and he was a Jew. And he ended up in Nazi prison camps. Three prison camps in four years. And during this time, he observed and he watched, and he eventually wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. And in that book, he talked about the fact that there's a clear distinction for those who typically got through those prison camps and those who, who didn't make it. And one of those common themes was purpose. You and I were made for a purpose. Right? We were made for a mission. We were made for something to get us out of bed in the morning. And Frankl would go on to say he, he witnessed men who would give up their last piece of bread for those who needed it and give them an encouraging word. In the hardest of times, he saw men and women serving. God has called you and I to a purpose. And when we decide what true greatness is, what true being first is, is being a servant, being a slave. We have a reason for getting out of bed in the morning. We have a reason to get through life with joy and with Jesus. He's called us to a mission. So when he shared with the disciples those words in Matthew 20, saying, hey, come with me. We're doing this together. Let's serve. Let's be a part of a purpose. What else is so great about serving? Serving connects us with others. Serving intertwines our lives together. 
Serving connects us with others. Jesus told the disciples, hey, the Gentiles, they lord their authority over those that they're leading and their authority over, but not so with you. Say again, no longer is it lording over, but it's being among, being with, being together. This is what serving does. And when we do that, it intertwines our lives together. Has anyone ever seen the redwood trees out in California? Anyone seen the redwoods before? Yeah, yes, right? They're pretty big, right? They're huge. And they've lasted a long, long time. The oldest redwood tree is the president, 3,100 years old. Wow. And around 250 feet high. And you think to yourself, a tree like this, of this magnitude, it must have some deep roots, right, to be able to survive time and the storms. But in all actuality, the roots of a redwood are actually quite shallow. So how do they stand up? How do they last so long? How do they weather these storms? Well, these roots are all interconnected with other redwood trees. And so that in the midst of the storms and over time, they're able to stand firm because they are connected with others. As followers of Jesus, when we serve, our lives get intertwined together. And we need that. All of us are either going into a storm, we're coming out of a storm, or we are in a storm. The things that you are going through, life, it can be hard, and you know that. Right now, you're thinking about the things that are on your plate, that are in your life, those hard circumstances, and you can't do it alone. We need one another. We were made for one another. When we serve, it brings our lives together. And so if you're not in a group, I want to encourage you, get into a group. If you're in a group, keep serving one another and then serve others in our community. Be those redwood trees that are intertwined together. You can always go to our website too, vvcc.online slash groups. Let's get you in community, but let's be intertwined together because serving connects us with others. What else is so great about serving? Serving deepens our walk with Christ. We can't help but get closer to the serving Savior as we ourselves serve. Serving deepens our walk with Christ. You see, Jesus said his very heart, the Son of Man, came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is Jesus' heart. And so as we serve, we reflect his heart. As we reflect his heart, we get to know him more and we get to grow deeper with Jesus. My niece was over a few weeks ago, my two-year-old niece, who's just absolutely adorable, and while we were sitting there in the living room, our family, she goes over to where my flip-flops were by the door, and she tries to put her feet in them. And then she tried to walk around in them. 
I have size 13 feet, so how do you think that went over? (laughs) It was clunky and awkward and strange for her to walk around in these, but also adorable because she's my two-year-old niece. When we serve, you and I, in a way we're putting ourselves in the sandals of Jesus. And as we continue to put ourselves in those sandals, again, we get to know him more. And maybe at first it feels awkward and clunky and strange, this whole serving thing. I'm not used to this. This is strange. But over time, we get to grow into the sandals more and more. We get to look like Jesus more and more. And we get to know his heart more and more. Serving grows our relationship with Jesus. It deepens it. And Jesus ultimately showed his heart for serving later on in his life, a short time later on in his life, him and the disciples are in Jerusalem. He's been there for a few days and he's having the last supper that we know or that we refer to it as with his disciples. He's having his last meal with his closest friends. And in the midst of that meal, he does something so crazy, so audacious, so mind-blowing that the world would never forget. And those disciples certainly never forgot. In the midst of the meal, Jesus got up. He grabbed a towel. He poured water into a basin. And he started washing each one of his disciples' smelly, nasty feet. This was reserved for the servant, for the slave, for the lowest. And Jesus did that himself. I want you to put yourselves in the shoes of the disciples as your Messiah, as your Savior, as your Lord decides to get on his knees and wash your feet. Imagine what they were feeling. Imagine what they were thinking. This is absurd, Jesus. You should be conquering, and yet you are serving me. Jesus gets up, puts the towel back, the water back, and one of those guys who got his feet washed, John, would write this in John 13, starting at verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord and rightfully so, for so I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be what? Blessed if you do them. What's so great about serving? Serving blesses us. Serving gives us true joy. Serving blesses us. 
This idea of blessing, we see it earlier on in Matthew, right? In the Beatitudes. Blessed are you. Blessed, blessed, blessed. You hunger and thirst for righteousness. For if you mourn, all these beautiful Beatitudes. Blessed, which really can mean, oh, how happy. True happiness, true joy is found in serving. We are blessed. We are blessed when we serve. It connects us with others. It gives us that purpose. It deepens our walk with Christ. True serving gives us joy. When we serve, we don't go, oh gosh, I have to serve. Not again. I'm signed up for the snack table. No, we say, thank you, Lord. I get to serve. What did, what did we just say? What did Doug mention when we talked about the Mexico trip? That boy, when we go down there, we serve. We are just as blessed as those that we are serving. It gives us joy. Serving blesses us. Jesus promises us you will be blessed if you do these things. And every day, you and I have a decision to make. We can either be like Jesus and pick up the towel and serve, or we can climb up on the pedestal and make it about ourselves. We can either pick up the towel or we can climb on the pedestal. You see, on the pedestal, it's all about me, me, me. But when we pick up the towel, it's all about you, 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 and God. When we climb up on the pedestal, really, it's, there's disunity. But when we pick up the towel, there's community together. When we climb on that pedestal, it really is fruitless. But when we pick up the towel, it really is fruitful. It's the difference between self-minded and serving-minded. And when we pick up the towel, it blesses us. So how will you pick up the towel? You've had a long day at work and you're just exhausted and tired and you just want to kick back. Maybe picking up the towel for you looks like putting the phone away, doing the dishes, spending time with your family without looking at a screen. Things at work are crazy and you have so much going on, so many reports piling up, and you see that coworker who's overwhelmed, who's got a lot going on in their life. Maybe picking up the towel for you looks like walking over and having a conversation lending a listening ear, letting them know you're there for them. You've been coming to VVCC for a few weeks and you'll love it. Praise God. Maybe picking up the towel for you looks like serving here, volunteering here on the weekend. Maybe it looks like helping out in the children's ministry. Maybe it looks like being a greeter. Maybe it looks like working over at a hospitality or snack table, which by the way, I have had more of those fig bars than I care to admit in six weeks. <sighs> but can we just do this too, by the way? Can we just say a big, big thank you to those who serve here on the weekend? Can we just thank our people who serve? Thank you, thank you, thank you, volunteers, for all that you do. 
Maybe it's serving here in our community. Maybe it's getting involved in Manzanita Outreach next door. Maybe it looks like working with our families in the child welfare system and helping provide for them in tangible needs through what we do with Care Portal. And if any of these, the Lord's tap on your shoulder, go to our website, go to vvcc.online, you go to slash serving to serve here or slash four to serve in our community. But maybe it's going when you're at the grocery store, at the coffee shop, at the doctor's office, at the gym, there are no shortage of opportunities to serve. And there's no menial tasks in the kingdom of God. There's no menial service acts. So every toilet that you clean, every conversation that you have, every cup of water that you provide makes a difference in God's story. What you do matters. And some of you need to hear that because you've got a lot going on. And as you're serving and your circumstance and your hardship, the stuff that's tough, serving's not easy sometimes, right? You need to hear this. You are making a difference in the kingdom of God and God's story. Keep going. Don't give up. God is using you. And you may not know until the other side of eternity, the impact that you're picking up the towel has had. Keep serving. And for all of us, regardless regardless how the Lord is tapping on our shoulder, regardless of how he might be leading you to serve. Here's what I encourage you to do. I want you to encourage you to pray this this week. Lord, where do you want me to pick up the towel and serve today? Where do you want me to pick up the towel? And I gotta say too, if you don't know Jesus, we want you to know him. The only reason we can serve The only reason we'd be a part of this story is because he invited us into it because he came to earth and he died for you and I. He lived a perfect life. He paid our ransom and he has invited us into the story. And so if you don't know this Jesus who's brought us from death to life, from sinner to saint, from lonely to loved, from hopeless to filled with hope, from alone to adopted, we want you to know him. Let today be that day. Come talk to us afterwards. Talk to me, talk to our prayer team when they come up. We want you to know Jesus. And those of us that do know Jesus, let's keep inviting people into that story. Share with those what Jesus has done in your life. Invite them here to VVCC. Grab an invite card and give it to them. But let's keep bringing people into this story. And as we pray this prayer, Let's see how God leads us to continue to experience the greatness of serving. So back to Batman. I went to the movies and the scene comes up and Bruce Wayne gets in the Lamborghini and he's about to save the day and I think here's my chance. I'm going to be in the movie and the Lamborghini zooms by and I'm not in it. I didn't make it into Batman. But you know what? You and I get to be a part of such a greater, grander, more wonderful story, don't we? We get to be a part of the kingdom of God. We get to serve him and serve others. And when we do that, when we serve others, we say, I'm going to be in this story. It's so much more fulfilling, so much more rewarding. You see, it gives us purpose. It connects us with others. It deepens our walk with Christ. It blesses us. This is the story that I want to be a part of.
So what about you? How is God maybe calling you to pick up the towel today? Would you pray with me? Lord, we love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the gospel. Jesus, that you invited us into your story. God, that we are not saved because we serve, but we serve because we're saved. Because of what you've done in our lives, Jesus. And I pray for my friends here, if there's anyone that doesn't know you, they would come to know you, Jesus. To come into the story. And Lord, for all of us, would you help us continue to be led by you? God, where do you want us to pick up that towel? Where do you want us to serve? Jesus, thank you that you're the ultimate servant. We love you, we worship you, and thank you for the joy that it is to be your servant. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, hey, there's a prayer team over to my right. Again, if you do not know Jesus, come talk to us. If you need prayer for anything, come and talk to this prayer team. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Let's go out and let's pick up that towel.